Coming up on the Sark Fighter podcast. Because you're used to your food that you love and it gives you comfort, but you know, it's something kind of an easy change that you can do to make yourself feel so much better. How to know if the food you eat is making your condition worse. The key to health and preventing and treating disease is to remove the things that create imbalance in your body and then add in those things that restore balance in your body. Coming up, Lindsay Norenberg shares how food causes inflammation in your body and shares the secrets to using food to fight back. This is the Sark Fighter Podcast, living with sarcoidosis and other rare diseases. Here's your host, John Carlin. Hello and welcome. This is episode 35 of the Sark Fighter podcast. This is brought to you in part by a grant from A-Tire Pharma. I'm your host, John Carlin. Remember, I do this podcast uh, to help our my fellow Sark fighters find hope. And later in 2021, the effectiveness of a new drug by Atire Pharma will come into clearer view as clinical trials evolve. And I'm expecting to get some information here in the next couple of months or so, and I'll be sure to keep you updated on that. And I'll be talking a little bit more about Dr. Shukla a little bit later here in the podcast. The official Sark Fighter song is called Zombie by Mark Steyer, and he plays in a band called the White Hot Lizards in Alberta, Canada. And Mark is also a Sark Fighter. Hear his story and the reason that he wrote this song and really the story behind the lyrics in episode 12. I think you'll enjoy that. I call this the Sark Fighter Podcast because I'm fighting Sark and so are you if you're a caregiver, a patient, a researcher, a physician, no matter who you are. This is a place where all of us in the sarcoidosis space, as it were, can all gather. And I keep hearing and I hear over and over uh, that people who have sarcoidosis feel like they are fighting this disease all alone. They have a hard time finding a doctor. They have a hard time with diagnosis. They don't have anybody to talk to. Nobody understands. People tell them, you don't look sick. They don't understand the fatigue. They don't understand how tired you are, the side effects from the drugs. And uh, and it's just difficult. And, and so uh, the foundation for sarcoidosis research is doing its best to sort of repair that. And this podcast is, is also doing that. So uh, I've heard from a lot of people. Thank you for the podcast because it's it's given me a place to uh, listen to other people's stories and know that I'm not the only one who is fighting this daggone disease. So um, that's that's why I do it. That and, and trying to, to just raise awareness and to give people a reason for hope. And today we're going we're gonna to be talking a lot about a reason for hope as we discuss diet. And uh, I've been talking on the last few episodes about some of the things I'm doing. And today I'll be having my coach, Lindsay, come on and uh, you will hear directly from her, and she says it all so much better than I can. But uh, that's uh, that's coming up in just a few minutes. Normally, I do release this podcast every other Monday, 
and for a little over a year now we've been able to do that so uh, i can't promise you it'll always work because i do have a busy schedule and the people who want to come on the show have a busy schedule but when we can make it all work then it works if you are new to sarcoidosis and you're trying to figure out what it is you have what's going on in your body I'm sorry that you're here in this new community, but welcome. (laughs) And you uh, might want to consider listening to my interview with Dr. Simon Hart back in episode two. He sort of goes over sarcoidosis 101 and everything that's going on with it. Uh, If you want to know more about me and the backstory to how I got here, my story is in episode one. If you want to know the backstory as to how the foundation for sarcoidosis research came into being uh, 20 years ago, Episode 11 with the founders, Andrea and Redding Wilson, and Andrea is the Sark fighter, and she's married to Redding, and he's been a great supporter of uh, hers and the foundation. He's even uh, led the foundation at different times. So uh, it's really an amazing story how this just started with an idea, and now it's grown into uh, the primary way that the sarcoidosis community can fight back and get results. Now, before we get into today's conversation with Lindsay, I just want to go over a, a couple of things. First of all, don't forget that April is Sarcoidosis Awareness Month, and there are a lot of things going on. No, the last episode that I want to talk about, which I suggest you go back and listen to, even if you're hearing this after April, is with Trisha Shivas uh, from FSR, and uh, we went over everything that is going on with Sarcoidosis Awareness Month, Sarcoidosis Awareness Day, and that's where we have a concentrated effort to get the word out about sarcoidosis, but it doesn't mean that we should stop just because it isn't April anymore. So some of those uh, some of those little things that kind of come and go within April may or may not be of interest to you, but but knowing that there are ways that you can continue through your social media or even sharing this podcast um, that can really just help uh, spread the word about sarcoidosis, uh, I think is very important because there are so many people out there who don't know about sarcoidosis, including the medical community. And the only way to get more people to take action and to try and find cures or show compassion or understanding or whatever it is that that we all need is by shining a light on the disease. And you do that by mentioning it and talking about it and and telling people what you have and telling people what you're going through and, and not being afraid of that. Okay? Now, Back to the diet. Uh, I've been talking to you about how I'm doing something called the elimination diet. And the idea is to figure out what causes inflammation in your body. And so probably for almost two months now, I've been going without sugar, gluten, or grains, and dairy. And I won't tell you I haven't cheated a couple of times because I have, uh, because life gets in the way. You find yourself in what uh, clinicians call a food emergency where, wow, you're at work, and guess what? You didn't have time to pack a bag, and all they have in the vending machine is cashews, but those cashews were cooked in the wrong kind of oil or, you know, or there's crackers and they've got flour in them or, you know, whatever. So you have a food emergency and... And then the other thing is, is we've had uh, quite a lot of wonderful things happening in my family. So we've had a gender reveal party for one of my sons and daughter-in-law. We're having a 
uh, a baby soon, and then we've had uh, we had another uh, party for a family member. And, you know, when everybody gets together and there's cake and there's cookies and all of that, I try to be good, but it's all out there and you want to participate. And so uh, this past weekend, yeah, I had a big slice of chocolate cake and oh my God, was it good. I'm just here to tell you that I enjoyed it. And there was a wrap and, you know, that we had from a local deli and the wraps were, were delicious. And one of them was a vegetarian wrap, but the the wrap itself was a flour tortilla, and I'm not supposed to be having white flour, but you know what? I did. Uh, the world didn't come to an end, uh, but uh, I, I, what I'm doing is 95% of the time is I'm avoiding those foods and then slowly adding things back in. We're going to talk about this a lot today because my coach, Lindsay, is coming on, Lindsay Norenberg, and I'm going to ask her all about this, and she's going to talk all about it, and she can talk about it. And she she doesn't go into detail where you have to have a PhD to understand it. She she just really puts it out there, and and it'll be so good. But this is this is this is what's going on with me. And the other thing is is I'm I am uh, uh, training for a major bike ride, and so I'm doing lots and lots of miles on my bike, and I have to fuel. For those rides and you can't get enough fuel just from your smoothie it's just not going to happen and so i've been i've been searching for some carbs and some protein sources and some other things there so uh, i just want to want to let you know that that's another complicating factor in my life and i'm sure you'll have them in yours but uh, at the end of the day so far i feel like i have more energy so i look at whatever my to-do list is for the day and instead of sort of slogging through it I'm, i've been attacking it a little bit more um and i and i still haven't gotten to the point where i can definitively say okay guess what flour uh really drags me down and causes inflammation I, I'm, I'm i'm not at that point yet but i do expect that as i start to add things back in i will get there and and really i think i'm still working on establishing that healthy microbiome which is uh, all the bacteria in your gut that's where serotonin is generated and serotonin is what governs your mood and I would say that I've been happier. I've been able to take things more in stride since I started doing this. Uh, I am taking a probiotic from Just Thrive, which is something that Lindsay herself takes and she recommended to me. So I'm, you know, it's expensive, but I'm paying for it and I'm doing it and uh, trying to get everything balanced in my gut. But understanding how badly I have been eating uh, in terms of processed foods and so forth for so long, that's not going to happen overnight. So Lindsay runs Nourish by Lindsay, and she got into eating a clean diet because her husband, Sark fighter Ryan Norenberg, who has been here on the podcast with me and had a very severe case of sarcoidosis, where there were times when he wasn't sure if he was even going to make it. Uh, is has now battled back, and he is living what resembles a, a normal life. So, uh, and you can listen to uh, you can listen to Ryan's episode, and I'm not sure exactly which one it is. I want to say it's 27, 
But if you go back and look through the list of back episodes, look for Ryan Nornberg and, and you'll hear his story. Um, now, Lindsay is coaching me for free. I'm her first client that who is not a member of her family, but she is now open for business. And so I've asked her to come on the podcast and take a deeper dive. And she will go beyond best practices. She really gets into the whys and how of what's going on in your body and how all of that is impacted by food. And she is joining me here on the Sark Fighter podcast, so you can hear her explain all of the stuff I've been talking about, and that's coming up next. I feel like a zombie, just feeding at stumbling. Hi, I hope you're enjoying the Sark Fighter podcast. You may be wondering, what can I do to help? How can I be a part of the sarcoidosis solution? It's simple. Make a donation to KISS. Kick in to stop sarcoidosis. 100% of the money goes to the Foundation for Sarcoidosis Research. Look for a link in the show notes of the Sark Fighter Podcast. Welcome back to the Sark Fighter podcast. And joining me now is Lindsay Norenberg, who is an expert on how to eat properly and reduce inflammation in your body. And uh, I use the word expert because she's helping me and I am taking all of her advice to heart. So Lindsay, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So uh, let's talk a little bit about this. And if, if people have been listening, they know that I interviewed your husband, Ryan, and that he uh, has really taken this whole process to heart. And he's a Sark fighter. And you got so involved in helping him that now you've become certified. Tell, tell me a little bit about that backstory. Right. So um, in 2014, Ryan started to feel bad. I was pregnant with our first child and he's always been athletic and healthy. And um, mid-year, he started to just feel terrible. And he uh, felt like he was coming down with the flu and he was um, going to go to Brazil. He was going to travel internationally and he went to the doctor and they saw that there was something wrong with his heart. And things just started to pile up. Um, when I was eight months pregnant, he was defibrillated in front of us, in front of me. He was in the hospital. So thank God, you know, he was at the right place at the right time. But um, the doctors just didn't know what was going on. And um, I'm sure, you know, you can listen to his podcast to get all of the details. But it was about a year later that we finally realized that he had sarcoidosis or he was finally diagnosed with sarcoidosis. And um, within that year, I just, all I did on my, you know, anytime that I had extra time, I would just research and research what we could do. He just felt awful. He looked, you know, he looked awful. He wasn't, he was able to go to work, but he wasn't really living his life. And I started to focus on nutrition. And as we started to implement things, we had already gone like full organic because I was pregnant. Um, but we started to implement certain things like restricting uh, dairy and restricting gluten. And he started to feel better. 
And um, we just, it just, I think as it started to feel better, it just gave us more momentum to keep going. And at the time I was working full-time in academia and I enjoyed my job, but I became so passionate about nutrition and how much it was helping him. And so when I had my second child, I decided not to return after maternity leave and instead focus the year on becoming certified as a holistic nutrition practitioner. And so that's what I've been doing. So since January, I, I, I received my certificate and I've been, you know, just focused on trying to help people in which I did along the way, you know, so for the past six years, as I learned things, I would go to work and, and tell people or friends who were having issues. Um, I just love to share the knowledge because it's just, you know, it's something within your control and it's kind of easy. I mean, it can be hard because you're used to your food that you love and it gives you comfort, but you know, it's something kind of an easy change that you can do to make yourself feel so much better. And I just wanted to share it with everyone. Yeah. So you've launched Nourish by Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Is it nourishbylindsay.com? That's the website. And Lindsay right. is with an E. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. L-I-N-D-S-E-Y. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people go A-Y there, but it's E-Y. Yeah. So, and so that's relatively new. And if people have been listening, they know that I'm uh, uh, now a client of yours. Although full disclosure, you're helping me mm-hmm. out because you just wanted to help me out. And I appreciate that. But if somebody else wants your services, you you are available, um, and you've launched this business. So uh, we want we want people to know that if if they're interested in what we have to say here. So, um, but I, I let's talk about inflammation in the body and food, just in very general terms, uh, because sarcoidosis is. Uh, is inflammation in the body. That's, that's what it is. And so in theory then, and doctors seem to be not aware of this or not willing to discuss it or whatever, but in theory, if you're eating foods that cause inflammation in the body, it's going to make you feel worse. Right. Right. And a little bit about, you know, doctors and their opinion on nutrition, you know, a, a good doctor will confidently state his or her limitations and know that, nutrition is out of their scope. It's out of their wheelhouse. Um, Thankfully with Ryan, he had just the best team. He has the best team of doctors and they were always willing to be open-minded, but um, there's a difference between absence of evidence and evidence of absence. So that means that many doctors will say that there's no evidence that nutrition can help, you know, mediate this disease, but that really just means that there's no research behind it and there's no research being done to prove, prove either way. So there's absence of evidence. Um, It does not mean that there's evidence that nutrition does not work. And a lot of times doctors don't have, you know, they don't have the nutrition background. So they're not going to, I guess, speak on things that they don't know that they have no knowledge in. So, That's one thing about the doctors, but yes, sarcoid is an inflammatory disease. And really the, the key to health and preventing and treating disease is to remove the things that create imbalance in your body and then add in those things that restore balance in your body. And a huge contributor to disease is inflammation and your, the gut or microbiome 
function and health. So I always say like the first, the first place, the first thing that you really should do is get your mindset right. But beyond mindset is focus on the inflammation, repairing inflammation and and repairing the gut. Um, And so sarcoidosis is an autoimmune disease and that is caused by leaky permeable gut, chronic inflammation, viruses, toxins, um, adrenal stress, low thyroid function. There's a bunch of different things, but with inflammation, it causes chaos in your body. And, um, you know, what causes inflammation? Well, when it comes to food, it's like things like refined carbs, sugars, highly processed vegetable oils, starchy foods, really anything that can spike your blood sugar is going to cause inflammation in your body. But then there are other things in addition to food, and that would be things like stress. So stress changes the chemistry of your body. Um, It causes inflammation, sleep imbalances. So if you have any sleep issues, digestive dysfunction. So that's what I was saying with, you know, with the gut and, you know, toxins, things like that, all of that can cause inflammation. Right. So, so then you start down a path of how do you avoid those things? And, and you've got me started on this elimination diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and the elimination diet, as listeners may know, for me has been no dairy, no gluten, no sugars, basically no processed foods. And people look at me like, well, what do you eat? <laughs> and I've been eating a, a lot of vegetables, uh, been kale smoothies uh, in the morning, and uh, just just really trying to avoid those inflammatory things. And I'm about, what, six or seven weeks into this now, and then I've been slowly adding things back. How does, how does that work for, for somebody who's just maybe contemplating it and and trying to get in that right mindset? Yeah. So the elimination diet isn't something that you'll be on long-term for the rest of your life, but it's a tool that you can use to one, help reduce inflammation and two, to identify foods that just don't agree with you. And so that you can take them out of your diet, either long-term or short, short-term um, heal your gut, get back to a healthy place, and then possibly later on reintroduce those foods with the elimination diet. It just, what it does is it removes the most common inflammatory foods and allergens, and it allows your body to reset back to factory settings. Basically, um, the amount of time can, can vary depending on the client and the situation but the, the least amount should be 21 days. And um, really it's typically, you maintain it until the person starts to see a reduction in symptoms. And then it just helps kickstart, you know, a new improved diet and a good byproduct. One that you've experienced is that it helps with weight loss. It can be water weight at first, but, um, you, you tend to keep those, those, um, pounds off. Um, there are two phases of the diet. So it's the elimination phase, like you said, so you're getting rid of all of the highly inflammatory foods and the allergens such as gluten, dairy, you know, eggs, peanuts, things like that. 
Um, and then the other phase is the reintroduction phase. And that's what you're in right now. The goal of the reintroduction phase is to identify which foods contribute to your symptoms and reintroduce all foods that don't cause any symptoms. Um, that allows you like the, the widest dietary variety that you can tolerate. So a lot of people will just eliminate all inflammatory foods and then they try to live their life that way. Well, you know, peanuts may be an allergy, but it might not affect you. So incorporate them back into your diet. You just want to have a variety in your diet. And, okay. um, yep. yeah. And so you're in the re reintroduction phase right now. And, yeah, and so, and you, and I've been, I've not been good about keeping my food diary. Uh, and I'm going to redouble my efforts, but I think what I'm going to do is like, for instance, I wind up eating at work a lot because my job is so busy. Um, so I think I'm going, I'm going to start a spreadsheet so I can access it on a computer anywhere I can. Cause the, the other thing that, that happens here is your mood is affected. And that's one of the things that, that you've been educating me on is, is how your gut manipulates your mood and, and, or not vice versa. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. You know, so your gut, 70% of your immune cells are located in your gut. So your gut is so important. Um, and yes, it does affect your mood. It affects everything. The elimination diet, um, you can see things come out one, you know, you can have flu-like symptoms at first. So you can have, you can just feel kind of crappy for a little bit, um, with your body getting used to, uh, not having what it's used to having, like the sugars and the, and the carbs. Um, but then it, it, you should elevate, you know, you should start to feel better. Your mood start, you should start to, um, you should, you know, you should feel better about everything as the weeks go on. And with you, I think you said you had one day where you were very irritable and that was the day after you had reincorporated gluten in your diet. So it does show you that things that, you know, you're eating can affect everything, including your mood. Mm -hmm. And you should key in on that. And that's why a food diary is important, especially from with when you're following the elimination diet, because you think you'll remember things but it's so difficult. It's hard to even, you know, when you ask someone, what did you eat? All the foods that you ate, ate yesterday, name them. They can't do it. It's just, it's, it's difficult. And so it's good to keep a diary tracking everything. So that's the foods that you're eating and then how it made you feel. And it could be very small symptoms or it could be huge symptoms, but you want to record them all. Mm hmm now, one of the things that I've learned is the, a lot of people will say, okay, I'm eating X, Y, Z healthy food, but then if you cook it in the wrong oil, that can undo all the good that comes from the food. So what are the good oils and what are the bad oils and what's bad about the bad oils? Okay. So good oils, um, and it all depends on how you're cooking things. It all depends on what you're doing with your food, but good oils can be um, extra virgin, cold pressed olive oils and um, avocado oils. You want to make sure that they're in a dark glass, that they're not getting oxidized, keep them in a cool location. Um, there's also coconut oil 
That's very good. It's good to put in, in baking, but you're wanting, um, you, you want to stay away from those, um, you know, industrial seed and vegetable oils. And that's what a lot of people are, are using, but they tend to be rancid. They use hexene to, um, extract the oils that the chemical, um, and it's, they're, they're not good for you. They're right. not good for you. They cause inflammation. You want to stay away from them as much as possible. And so I'm looking for a snack in the, uh, in the little vending room that we have at the TV station. And I'm like, oh, look, cashews. But they're, they're cooked in safflower oil or something like that. And so I'm thinking back, hmm, Lindsay said I'm not supposed to have that. So like even those, which would be the healthiest choice I could make compared to all the chips and all the other processed things there, the real, that's really still not healthy because of that oil, right? Yeah. I mean, there are different levels of healthy, right? So I would say if you're in a food emergency and you have nothing with you and you have the, your only option is the vending machine, choose those cashews over the chips. But what I would suggest instead is just be a little prepared. So come to work with your, you know, little individual packets of nut butter or, you know, a bag of nuts um, or a protein shake, something, you know, where, you know, I'm always hungry at this time. I am going to try and, you know, be prepared and, and bring those foods with you that you know how they were cooked or, you know, that they're raw, that, you know, they're the, they're the highest quality that you can put in your body. And why wouldn't you want to put the highest quality things in your body? Right. Right. Exactly. Um, so, all right. So we've kind of gotten the broad overview. We've talked about the gut. Uh, the other thing you've got me doing is taking a, a probiotic uh, and I'm using, I think just thrive is the brand that you use personally. Does that, is that right? Yeah. Um, so I'm taking a probiotic every day to try and get that gut balance there. And um, I don't know, I'm just guessing that I have not yet arrived at that reset myself because, uh, and I've only added back a few things and that's been occasionally. And then I'm, I'm kind of going back to the elimination diet. Um, although as you and I have discussed and, and listeners have heard, I'm sorry to keep repeating that, but I am um, training for a hundred mile bike ride. And so sometimes I just need to hit myself with a boost of sugar or something to get, because I need the fuel to finish a, a 50 or 60 mile bike ride in training. So, um, but other than that, I'm pretty much staying on it and I'm trying to get my, my gut to reset, but let's say somebody is listening to this and they've decided, okay, I've had it with my sarcoidosis. I really want to dig in and see if changing my diet can help me feel better. How do they go about it? So I would say, you know, <clears throat> first make sure your mindset is right. So you've got to, you know, wanting to become healthy and then taking the steps to actually do it are two different things. So you want to make sure that you are in that place where you're motivated to do anything. Um, it's going to take sacrifice. The elimination diet is called the elimination diet. You're obviously eliminating certain foods and restricting only for a little bit, but um, you, you want to make sure that you are, you know, strong enough. The other thing is, is that, you know, the standard American diet, um, causes 
really it you're addicted, you know, it causes addiction, food addiction. So you have to also realize that, you know, you can't get down if you slip up, you know, and you can't then just let it snowball. Um, so just know that you are actually addicted to something. I think this statistic is sugar, uh, sugar is five times or eight times more addictive than cocaine. So you wow. have to know that you are, you know, um, it goes beyond willpower, right? But so you just have to be, um, you know, mentally strong, flexible, know that if you have that cookie that you, you know, really shouldn't have had, that that should not cause a snowball effect, where then you're going to eat that cake, and then you're going to eat all these other things, just know, okay, that cookie, and now I'm going to make a better choice next time. So mindset, I think is, is the first thing. The second would be what I'm saying, what I was saying about inflammation. So you've got to try and reduce your inflammation. And that is through the food, through stress reduction, um, sleeping better, movement, things like that. So a holistic nutrition practitioner, we, we, we focus a lot on food, but it goes beyond food. We'll, we'll look at lifestyle interventions as well. And that, you know, is the, the sleeping and the community and happiness, but you know, stress reduction tools, things like that. So once you, so inflammation, and then I would say it's restoring the gut. So you want to improve your gut health. Many, many people have dysbiosis, which is the imbalance of good bacteria to the bad bacteria, which are the pathogenic bacteria. So you have to improve your gut health. And that is, you do that by avoiding things that are damaging your gut lining and the beneficial bacteria. So that's avoiding the inflammatory foods, like we talked about the sugars, starches, processed foods, artificial chemicals. You have to try to avoid antibiotics and acid blockers because they both just wipe out all of the good bacteria and tend to leave just the bad, the bad pesky bacteria. And then you're gonna eat a whole foods diet rich in phytochemicals. And those are found in the colorful plants. They're the colorful nutrient dense compounds that are in food. Um, things like uh, green tea, curcumin, pomegranate, cranberry. Um, but really you just want to have a diverse plate of vegetables. Um, then you might want to add digestive enzymes. If your gut is is in dysbiosis, it might not, your digestion might be out of whack as well. And digestive enzymes will help you digest, break down your food, but also help you absorb nutrients. And then you're going to repopulate your gut with the right type of bacteria. And the way that you do that is with probiotics, which are the beneficial bacteria. And that's what you, you were talking about. Um, you want to get on a, a good probiotic. They say, you know, 50 to a hundred billion CFUs are is really kind of the, the range that you want to be in to help people with acute gut issues. Um, that's like a dosage, right? That's what, what, what the pill is, is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there are several different ones um, that you can choose from. Be wary of the ones that are just sitting in the grocery store aisle. You know, probiotics is a huge business. And many times you need to, you need to find one from a reputable, reputable company and that, you know, that are still alive. Um, a lot of times they're dead by the time they leave the manufacturing facility. 
So research that. Um, the, the little bacteria are dead and you want them alive and you want them alive when they arrive in your gut. Exactly. Right. And I, I did a lot of reading after you got me hooked up with this thing. So, uh-huh. uh, cause I'm trying to figure out, Hmm, it's a little bit expensive, but you know, what's, what's the difference. And then you see the research and, and you talk about dead versus alive and that makes a big difference. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, but also you can get probiotics from fermented foods. So that's like kimchi, sauerkraut, even, um, some yogurts, I would say sheep or goat yogurt, um, miso, tempa. So, so there are other ways that you can do it besides just supplementing with probiotics. Um, and then you also would use prebiotics to help with the repopulating your gut. And that's like fertilizer for the beneficial bacteria. And that, you can find prebiotics in artichokes, asparagus, and then fiber like acacia fiber, psyllium husk, um, and even resistant starch with you and you, you and I talked about that's heating and then cooling the starch, whatever it is like white potatoes or white rice before eating it again or before eating it, not again, but right. So, so you so boil your potatoes and then put them in the refrigerator overnight, and then you can heat them up again the next day. But now you've got resistant starch because it's been cooled in in the process and that's easier for the body to handle. Yes. It becomes a prebiotic and it actually becomes healthy, even though you've heard that, you know, potatoes, white potatoes aren't the best. Well, you know, yeah, if you cook them, and eat them right away, then that's just starch. But if you do, if you do what you just said, where you heat them and immediately cool them, and then you can reheat them, they turn into resistant starch. And then it's actually good for your gut. So there's a, there's a lot to this. Um, And I tell you, it's hard to go cold Turkey, which is, which is what you had me do. So I just kind of had to rev up and say, all right, next Monday, which I want to say was maybe the the first of March, mm-hmm. right? And now we're it's April sixteenth. So so I just said, all right, when March begins, here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. You gave me some some shopping lists and told me what not to eat and gave me you know thank God for these kale smoothies because <laughs> they do they 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 taste pretty good with the vanilla protein powder. And, uh, so I, I'm getting my, uh, my sweet tooth checked a little bit, but, uh, those get me through a good part of the day mm-hmm. and I can eat a very light lunch and then eat healthy at dinner time. But, um, it, you, you do just have to, you have to just stop eating that, that standard American diet. And of course, I think it's great that the acronym is sad. So you gotta right. get off the sad diet and, and get on with this healthy diet Tell people how to shop when they go to the supermarket. Which aisles do you go down and which ones do you avoid? Yeah, so hopefully this is becoming more common knowledge. But what you want to do is just really shop around the grocery store, the the periphery. So that's where the fresh vegetables are, the meats, um, some of the dairy. Um, so, So you're wanting to focus on those. The inner aisles, that's where you're going to find the processed foods. Um, frozen, the frozen section can be good if you're getting frozen fruits and vegetables, but, um, you want to try and avoid as much as possible, those inner aisles with the processed foods. And you're really trying to, and this, this, you know, it's within the elimination diet. And then it's also after the elimination diet, um, you're really trying to just fill your cart or fill your plate with as many plants as you can. 
you know, so a diverse amount of plants and that is uh, mainly vegetables, but that also includes fruits. Um, so your plate should be 75% non-starchy vegetables. And, and that's kind of an easy thing to think about. So I have my plate, you know, and what am I going to fill it with? Well, you can fill it with three different types of vegetables and then it could be some fat and then it can be some protein and the protein can be, you know, either animal based or not, but that should be what your plate is comprised of vegetables, 75%, and then the rest be fat, healthy fat and a healthy lean protein. Let's talk about healthy lean protein. Uh, chicken is okay, but, uh, and, and beef to a certain extent, but, but there are, um, certain requirements that you have if people are going to consume those. So it's healthy, right? Okay. So this is, it's different if you're on the elimination diet, the elimination diet normally excludes pork. Um, and some will exclude beef with you. We didn't exclude beef. It's rare that you have any sort of beef intolerance, but it is, it, it, it can occur. Um, so, but let's just talk just healthy living, ex, you know, not thinking about the elimination diet, you're going to want to try and get the highest quality. And that would be grass um, finished beef. That would be pasture raised chicken. That would be wild caught fish, like wild caught salmon. So those are going to have the, the, the beef and the, the salmon. Those are going to have your healthy omega-3 fat. Um, and these animals, the, the chicken and the, the beef, they are being raised out in the pastures, eating the diet that they were meant to eat. Um, and so of course that's going to be healthier for you to consume. The, and so what happens is, is that, um, with non-grass fed beef, they put a, a cow in a barn and they feed it the food that'll make it grow the fastest so they can get it to the market the fastest and create the biggest product. But that food, that grain that they're feeding the cow is just full of hormones and all sorts of things that once the cow eats it and you eat the cow, you're consuming those hormones. So the idea with grass fed is to get away from all that, right? Correct. And, you know, even saying put it in a barn that can make people think, okay, this lovely cow is going into this lovely barn. And maybe they're not eating the right diet, but really in reality, it's feedlots. And if you just Google that and you can see pictures, you know, aerial views of feedlots, it's disgusting to then think one, it's sad, you know, for the animal, the stress that they're under, but also then it's, 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 it's horrible to think that you're then consuming that meat. So yes, they're eating the wrong diet. They're being pumped with antibiotics. Um, and it's just, it's nothing that you really would want to put in your body. Right. So, so pay the extra money for the organic and for the grass fed. It's not just a racket to get you to spend more money. It is legit. And the, and you can find chickens that are actually raised in pastures as well. Mm -hmm. And Um, eggs. Yeah. And eggs. And how would, how would an egg be labeled? Would it be free range or what would, what would you look for with eggs? Mm -hmm. Pasture raised. Pasture raised. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I've heard of. Notice a, a good, I'm sorry to, to interrupt, but no, right. you know, a really quick, easy t- uh, test with eggs is get, you know, whatever you're used to buying and it 
tends to be, you know, the least expensive one and then get the pasteurized and crack open that egg and then see the difference in the yolk and how rich and orange that yolk is from pasteurized versus how dull and yellow, real pale yellow, the other one is. And then it's easier to poke the pale yellow one, whereas the other one is a little bit, you know, stronger in structure. And that's what you're wanting to get. Got it. So let's say you want a cookie occasionally. And that cookie was probably made with a non-pasteurized egg and the chocolate chips and all the, all the flour, which like, you know, white flour is like evil in this uh, <laughs> clean world. Can you ever have a cookie? Yes. So, you know, again, we're not talking about elimination diet anymore. What you want to do is just build a solid foundation, eat clean and healthy as much as you can. And when you do that and you've repaired your gut and you don't have any inflammation, that occasional cookie, and that's not to say that you're eating, you know, you can eat healthier cookies, but let's just say this is a cookie from, you know, at a work party and you know, it's, you know, not one of the highest quality. You can do that. Um, your body is more, is, is more able to, to process it and know what to do with it. And it's not going to cause inflammation, the, at least the level of inflammation that it would have when your gut is in dysbiosis. Um, but also, you know, like I've told you is just then be prepared, couple that cookie because you know, it's going to spike your blood sugar with a protein and with a fat. So it'll level out your blood sugar spike um, you know, you're going to have that spike in blood sugar, but you're also going to have that craving for sugar right after you've processed that one. And so you want to prevent that from happening where you're going back to that, you know, wherever it is, the kitchen or the office party and getting another one. If you eat your protein and your fat with it, then you're going to, um, you're going to be better. You're, you're preparing your body to, um, level out its blood sugar and not have those cravings later on. Okay. I mentioned the flour. So I've opened that door. Let's close it a little bit. <laughs> so if you are not going to use um, regular old flour, there's almond flour. There are other alternatives. What, what would you recommend there? So, you know, the, the flour is just a, that the regular flour is highly processed and it has gluten in it. And, you know, gluten is something that is inflammatory and um, you want to try and avoid it if you can. Um, but yeah, the alternatives, what the alternatives that I prefer are not the gluten-free blends of flours, but it's the um, grain-free options. And my go-to is, is mainly almond flour. Um, and I will occasionally use coconut flour as well. Those are grain free. Um, yes, they have carbs. They will increase your blood sugar a bit, but not nearly as bad as before. And to just speak a little bit more on the gluten free, we've talked about this a lot. Um, the gluten free ingredients, they try to mimic the the taste and the texture of a regular flour and that includes corn starch rice starch rice flour tapioca starch potato flour all of those things raise your blood sugar more than a wheat would so even if it's avoiding the gluten which is inflammatory it's still increasing your blood sugar which can still be inflammatory so it's not something that i tend to recommend often um you see that in crackers there's a lot of brands of gluten-free 
crackers that still taste great. And you're like, oh, good, gluten-free. Uh-huh. And I thought, I thought, yeah, I'm killing it here. I've, I, I have found a secret, but you debunked the secret. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and it depends. So if you're celiac or gluten intolerant um, to an extreme and that's your only option, of course, eat, eat the gluten-free option instead. Um, but try to, try to do the grain-free as much as possible. Grains can also block the absorption of zinc and iron, you know, so it's just, but, but again, you want to get to a point where you're living a lifestyle that is not restrictive, that you have the flexibility and, um, so something here and there isn't going to affect you that much as long as you're not allergic to it. Right. Well, so the other thing that I found was when I knew I was going to do this, my wife, Mary, and I went out and we shopped and we got a whole bunch of stuff on, on a list that you provided. And we went to the local co-op and, you know, I am, you know, I'm a lost ball in high weeds when you put me in the co-op. Okay. <laughs> and, and I mean, that's where the weird people go to shop, but I'm like, no, I'm going to do this. Right. <laughs> and, and I'm, I, I'm just painting with a broad brush, yeah. uh, but, but it was, a, it was a new environment for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I didn't feel like I was right in my little home niche there because I've been eating the sad diet forever. So we went, we bought all this stuff, a certain kind of salt, um, you had me putting hemp hearts and chia seeds and, you know, I'm looking at this guy and saying, uh, chia seeds, you know, where, you know, what, you know, and he, so he's pointing me at, at all these different things, but this is a long way of getting back to restocking my kitchen so that the things that I reach for, when I reach for the salt, there's a, everyday salt. And then there's the salt that you recommend, which is pink salt. Um, so now whenever I have salt, it's the pink salt. So I don't have to think about that anymore. That's just my salt. Yes. Right. So as you, as you go through this process, it be, it starts to become second nature because that's just what you have. Mm-hmm. Isn't, isn't that a, the way you approach all of this? Exactly. That's exactly the way you want to approach it. So, you know, I can provide healthy swaps. So alternatives to things, Um, but also pantry staples and the pantry staples. Yes. At first it's a higher upfront cost because you're literally, you know, getting rid of a lot of the stuff that's in your pantry and you're having to refill it with, you know, better alternatives, but over time it gets better. Um, But yeah, so you're going to get reach for the pink Himalayan salt or the sea salt, things that have minerals in in it um, versus the highly processed salt. You can get your iodine elsewhere through kelp and things like that if you're worried about iodine. Um, But, and and the flowers like we talked about, have the almond flowers for your pancakes instead of pancake mix. Or, you know, if you're gonna do, go down the sugar, have pure maple syrup versus the high fructose corn syrup that's in, um, the, the majority of the pancake syrups that are on the shelves. So yeah, then you're just going to grab those things and, and same with the oils, you're going to grab your avocado oils. You're going to grab your olive oils um, versus any of the other industrial seed or vegetable oils. And it becomes something that is natural to you. And that's where I want to get what I, I want people to get to is you're living this healthy lifestyle. You're not even having to think about it. 
And you can probably attest, like right now you're thinking about it a lot because, well, one, you're going through the elimination diet and it is a little difficult, but you're also changing your habits and that takes time. And that's part of what I want to help with is helping you go through that transition of changing these habits. But where then at a point, certain point, you're able to do it on your own and you're not having to think about it anymore. And that kind of, you know, relates to what we talked about with your taste buds. You know, a lot of people crave sugar and they're craving these certain things that they've been used to eating um, before. And it takes time to curb cravings, but there are things that you can do to do that. And and eventually your taste buds are going to change and you're not really going to want those unhealthy snacks or the cupcakes or, you know, whatever it is anymore. Right. Well, it's, uh, it, they'll affect you in ways, you know, oh gosh, this isn't good for me. Right. Right. Um, and then there's just the social pressure. Everybody at the party is having a cookie or a cupcake or, you know, it's a Super Bowl party and everybody's brought all that glorious, awful food, (laughs) (laughs) all the cheese dips and everything, which I just absolutely love. Um, and you, and you you just, you can still do that on occasion though. And right. only have one bite of it versus, you know, a whole plate full of, of things, you know, right. Right. I, you don't want to come from a place of deprivation, which is what m- the majority of diets are out there. I, I use the word diet a lot when we talk, but it's not like you're really on a set diet. I don't really like that word very much because of, you know, the restrictiveness that normally it's associated with, it becomes a lifestyle and, you know, if you know you're going to a party, eat beforehand, you know, if you know you're going to, we talked about it, if you know you're going to eat that cupcake, well, before that, drink a protein shake. It has sweet, uh, it's sweet. And so it might satisfy that, that, that craving so that by the time you get to that cupcake, you might eat only half of it because you've already been satisfied with, Mm -hmm. with the sweetness of the protein. Right. And again, this is most people think only eat half the cupcake because they're on a weight loss diet. So you're consuming half the calories and we really aren't even talking about calories. We're talking about inflammation as a result of the sugar. And that's, that's why we're doing it. It's not about, this is not a weight loss diet. Although for me, it's turned out to be, mm-hmm. um, which you know, I really like, uh, <laughs> but um, that's not my goal. You know, my goal was not weight loss. My goal was to reduce inflammation. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's just kind of a happy, you know, byproduct of, of this lifestyle is you're going to, you're going to get back to the weight that your body's meant to be. Um, my, my husband, Ryan complained over it because he got really skinny and he would go to the doc, he went to the functional medicine doctor at the Cleveland clinic and would say, but you know, (laughs) I am just too skinny at the time he was on prednisone and it was really affecting his large muscles. So that was part of it. But, um, he, the doctor said, you know, you're at the weight that you're supposed to be at, so you can't worry about it. Um, so it's, it's just a happy byproduct. Um, but it's not the goal. Um, I can help people with that goal, but you really just want to get to the point where you're eating clean and enjoying life, not having to think about it that much. And it's just, your weight is going to stay off because you're just, you're not, you're not eating those bad foods anymore. 
And, and you did say, you know, it, it it's hard to get used to. And something that I wanted to point out with people that have, you know, these, these disease, they have, they, they have um, gut dysbiosis and things like that. You, you can't really expect significant results if you don't make significant changes, at least initially, you need to be strict with what you're doing to become disease-free or at least symptom-free. And then you reevaluate once you're healthier, what you want to reincorporate in moderation. But, but it does take sacrifice and it does take saying no to things, um, you know, if you're at the Super Bowl party. And it, it, you would hope that you'd be so in tune with your body that you know the result, you know what would happen if you were going to eat whatever it was, that you'd rather say no than deal with the consequences of what it's going to do to your body later. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're you're right. So we had our bike ride last weekend, and then we went to the brew pub. And uh, one of the riders uh, very nicely had packed lunches for everybody. So she had bread and cold cuts and cookies from the grocery store, and, and you know, and I bypassed all of it, um, which made me feel a little snobby. And but I was just, you know, I'm just a, no, I'm I'm not going to do that. And there happened to be an organic food truck there, so I went and had a, like a bean taco or something. Um, which is just so not John, but I did it. And, but I did have a beer, of course, which is, I shouldn't have, but I'm not going to go out and not celebrate this bike ride. So I was, I was being a little hypocritical, like, oh, I'm not going to eat that, but yes, I'm going to drink the beer, but at least I didn't have all of it. I just had some of it. Right. And that, that's what you can, you know, you don't have to, to make excuses, but, you know, just simply saying, no, thank you. That's polite enough. And, um, it shouldn't offend anyone. So you shouldn't go about it thinking, well, I I'm going to have to eat this because I'll offend somebody. Otherwise, no, just, they know you're going through things and not everyone has the same diet. And a lot of people are used to people being on diets that are restrictive. So it, they shouldn't bat an eye at it. Um, I think a lot of that is just how you feel that they're going to interpret things. Exactly. I don't think, I don't think anybody batted an eyelash. Yeah. Right. I just didn't want to, suggest that I was rejecting their kind efforts. Right. And you say that, you know, thank you so much. That was wonderful and thoughtful, but no, thank you. Right. And and over time you will become more confident in it where it's not something that you even think about. It's just, no, thank you. And, and you move on and it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it doesn't offend anyone. Right. Well, so this worked for your husband, Ryan, he's, he's doing better and you should go back. It's episode 27. If people want to listen to his story, um, they can go back and listen to the back episodes. And, and I can see that a lot of people do once they find the podcast and then, then they go back and they start listening. But, but Ryan in uh, episode 27 talked about how he was down and out and uh, you know, really suffering. And so now he's adopted this lifestyle and he can hike as far as he wants and play tennis and do all the things that he used to do. Correct. You know, I don't know if he's running as far, but I think more of that is just, him. I mean, it's, it's also, you know, having two young kids and not having the time. Um, I think he's able to, but yeah, you know, at first he was just surviving. And at that time, that's all we asked for. Just let him survive, please. Because we didn't know if he was going to. Um, but then I got to a point where I, you know, would start thinking, no, I, I want him to thrive again because it was doing so much to him mentally. You know, it's a drain thinking, you know, you could be hopeless or just, you fall into a depression and that's basically what, what happened to him. And I thought, 
I, I, I want him to thrive. And in order to do that, I wanted to take his health into our control. And I realized that it really was in our control. And you, these are all of the things, everything that I talk about, you can do on your own. Um, you don't need a doctor. It's, it's great if you go to a functional medicine doctor, they can order tests. There are certain tools that they use that might not be available to you, but the bulk of this can be done. And it's, it's, it's liberating, you know, in a way. And, and um, you should see results fairly quickly. You know, brain fog is a, is a big one where people notice it at first where that in, and of course the weight loss, if you're on the elimination diet, um, but those are, you know, two common things that result from this healthy eating right away that people notice. Um, and he got to the point where he was thriving and he still is. And, you know, it made us confident enough to have another child. And we are living with this disease. Of course, it's, you know, dormant or in remission right now. Now it's just the effects of what it did to his organs, his heart and his lungs mainly. But we really attribute a lot of that to the way he's living his life now. And that's with the diet that he's eating. And it's also with stress reduction tools and movement. That's a major one. Even if you, um, you know, it, when he was at his worst, he still would wake up just because he was just so motivated to, to, to survive this. He would wake up early in the morning and, and walk. And that's all he could do but that was fine. He was just moving and it does so much to you mentally and physically, just trying to move a little bit each day. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it did work for him and, and it's, it's so powerful. It really is. Yeah. And this is not, we're not suggesting that this diet has cured his sarcoidosis or, or anything. Cause we, you know, nobody knows, what causes sarcoidosis? Nobody knows what the cure is. And, and we are certainly not saying that sarcoidosis is caused by the um, sad diet. Uh, all we know is, is that sarcoidosis causes inflammation and, and the wrong food can cause inflammation. If we can take half of that away or some of it away, then you're going to feel better and you're going to have a better opportunity to, uh, to live your best life. That's exactly right. And, you know, I want to help people get to a healthier place and a healthier version of themselves, but there's no guarantee that you'll be disease free. However, your body will be much better positioned to fight disease. And with the diet and lifestyle interventions, you most definitely would have an improved quality of life and a reduction in your symptom burden. And, and so that in itself, so if you do have a flare up, you're going to be better prepared that next time. And hopefully it will just remain dormant forever, but you don't know that. And there, like I said, there's no guarantee, but you're going to be in a much better place if you follow the, you know, the healthier lifestyle. So if a listener wants to reach out to you and have you become their official coach, how does that work? Um, they can, they could go on my website, nourishedbylindsay.com. And my email is there, which is just nourishedbylindsay at gmail.com. There's also a form that you can fill out and submit just straight on the website and I'll receive it and um, be in contact with you. But, you know, holistic uh, nutrition practitioners and functional medicine practitioners, they're there to help support you. So it can be overwhelming. And we understand that. Um, like I said, these things are simple and they're within your control, but it might be a lot to take and a, light, a lot to take on yourself. 
So we just help you through the process in getting better through that transition. And then we give you tips and tricks and things that you can do supplements to take and tools that you can use um, to really get to the bottom of your symptoms and, and try and help you. And as I said to you, um, it's just forming those healthy habits and we can help you make those long lasting habits um, that beyond the elimination diet and beyond working with anyone you'll, you'll have for the rest of your life. And it helps when life happens and something, you know, you do crash because you have a lot of stress in your life and you do just eat, you know, just a bad meal or a bad day of eating you don't just, like I said before, snowball, you pick yourself back up and you know your habits and you just go move on and eat healthier the next day. Yep. Well, okay. So uh, if, and, and I know because you and I have been meeting every two weeks via Zoom, uh, you're in Florida and I'm in Virginia. And, uh, you know, I, every time we meet, I have so many questions and, and these are, you know, just, you just can't do it with common sense only, you really need some specific answers. And so I just, I want to thank you for, for kind of giving me that guidance and not being afraid to throw a brand name out there. Um, it's not a brand name that helps you in any way. It's just, you know, if you go to the co-op and, and you need, you know, hemp hearts, <laughs> you know, or whatever, uh, you know, to know that that's what, that's what I'm looking for. So Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I feel like a zombie just feeding at stumbling. Thank you so much to Lindsay. And, and don't forget, April is Sarcoidosis Awareness Month. I want to let you know I'll be hosting a town hall on April 27th on the effects of prednisone in your body, since that is the first line of defense against sarcoidosis. North of 90% of all SARC patients are prescribe prednisone right out of the gate. Uh, but it does have some pretty significant side effects for most people, me included. And I'm doing that with FSR. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can register to attend this. And eventually, I believe the plan is to take the audio portion of that and also put here on the podcast as a special edition. Those details haven't been worked out yet. But joining me, uh, I'll be the moderator. And then Jessica Reed will be one of the panelists. Uh, she's a sarcoidosis patient navigator and an 18-year neurosarc survivor. And she's a registered nurse and family nurse practitioner. And she has a, a long list of uh, medical credentials that continues to grow to this day. Also, we'll have on Dr. Elliot Krauser, who's the Foundation of Sarcoidosis Research Scientific Advisory Board Chairman. He's got 31 years of medical experience. He's a professor of medicine at Ohio State, and he specializes in pulmonary and critical care medicine. So Dr. Krauser is going to be talking a lot about how prednisone affects your body. And then also, uh, what I believe is a familiar name here, and I've already mentioned him once in the podcast today, Dr. Sanjay Shukla, who is the president and CEO at Atire Pharma, and uh, he's also serving on the board of directors there since November 2017. And they're working on a new drug, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, that might be what they call a steroid sparing drug. So instead of everybody having to, to grit their teeth and deal with all the effects of prednisone, uh, which are unbelievable, um, 
whether it's mood, whether it's diabetes, blood sugar, uh, increased weight gain uh, beyond what you would normally expect. Um, if they could, if we could spare people that with a different drug, uh, then ATIRE, you know, may have something for us down the road. But at any rate, uh, Dr. Shukla will be the third panelist. And as I said, FSR has surveyed its membership and the number of people who've experienced that weight gain, irritability, increased blood sugar, and diabetes is, is just it's phenomenal. So we're, we're going to take a look at this with this town hall, and uh, FSR has asked me to moderate that. I do a fair amount of this type of thing normally because of my job as a television news anchor, and, you know, political debates and that sort of thing. Uh, but I've moderated any number of different things over the years, and, and with Zoom, during the pandemic, I've, I've moderated some other things as well, uh, including a, a bunch of stuff for nonprofits. So it's something that I enjoy doing. And you know, so we'll, uh, we'll be looking all at uh, the effects of prednisone and what people can do. And, and I'm sure Jessica will talk about it both from a uh, patient perspective as a SARC warrior and uh, from the medical perspective, because she's also a family nurse practitioner, and Dr. Krauser will have the medical view, and I think Sanjay's going to going to chime in with uh, what he knows about how uh, their uh, new drug, I believe it's called ATAR 1928. Maybe it'll have a catchier name if it passes clinical trials. But at any rate, uh, we'll be talking all about those things. So in the meantime, if uh, you have a thought about this uh, podcast or you would like to maybe be on the podcast, send me an email, carlinagency at gmail.com. It's in the show notes. Follow The Sark Fighter on Instagram and Sark Fighter on Facebook. And I appreciate your interest in the Sark Fighter podcast. It helps me reach more people and grow the show if you would share it on your social media. So let's let's put all the, uh, the hard work that uh, all these people have put into this by coming on the show for the past year plus now. They've been, they've been willing to put themselves out there and share their stories. And uh, let's honor them by, uh, by sharing this and getting it out there so that uh, their effort can have more impact. So, and if you like this show, just tell one person, okay? And I really do appreciate that. Uh, thanks again to Lindsay for all of her help, uh, helping me personally and now sharing it professionally and all the information. If you want to follow up with Lindsay in any way will be in the show notes. It's nourished by Lindsay and uh, she is, uh, is helping me reintroduce all these various foods into my diet and I'm kind of interested in seeing where this all goes as it plays out over time. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, keep fighting. Just feeding that stumble